I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, where we explore the ways music makes our lives better. My guest today is joining me from Connecticut, Janet Marlowe. Janet is a fifth-generation musician and sound behaviorist who has done groundbreaking scientific research on how sound and music can affect anxiety and behavior in our pets. Janet has used this research to create clinically proven calming music specific to various species. Her research has also led to a global brand, Pet Acoustics, Inc., Pet Acoustics is known as a leader for contributing to animal welfare, and its award-winning products have helped thousands of pets and pet parents, veterinarians, and rescue shelters worldwide. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Janet. Mindy, thank you so much for having me on this wonderful show. I love the concept, and I can't wait to share uh, my information with your audience. I can't wait to hear it. I'm really excited about this conversation. You had asked right before I hit the record button if I had a dog. And I was starting to tell you that much to the chagrin of my husband and kids, we do not have a dog. They would love to have a dog. Uh, When I was growing up, I wanted a dog really bad. My dad was that parent who was like, nope, they're too much work and it's traumatic when they die. And (laughs) and now I'm that parent who's like, I just don't want the work and responsibility of a pet. Like I love other people's pets. So yes, hopefully I haven't just turned off all of my listeners by sharing that, but <laughs> we're now, we, um, my husband had a pet when he came, a dog, when he came to the marriage. So we did have a dog at the beginning. She was a fabulous dog and she passed away right around the time that we were moving to Chicago for him to go back to grad school. And it just wasn't a good time to get another dog because we were living in a fourth floor apartment in, you know, a very urban setting where it just wouldn't be a good setting for a dog. And then yes. when he graduated, we were starting a family and then we were in the thick yeah. of having young kids. And then now I'm like, we're almost empty nesters. We don't want a dog now. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways. The missing piece of that, and I'm sure your listeners with dogs will agree with me, that the the tipping of benefits and love and partnership and just living with an animal is broadening and it's an enrichment to your life. So we think having that we're enriching their pet lives, but actually it's the reverse. So mm, much, so much. So sure. you may want to consider like fostering a dog for like a few weeks and check it out. Sure. Well, I have so many friends who are dog lovers and pet lovers, and they are doing their best to convert me. I can assure you of that. And I and I I do really like dogs. Like we have really good neighbor friends who have dogs, and I oh, sort of, of am like surrogate, you know, pet owner and walk their dogs for them <laughs> and stuff like that. But let's talk about you and your work. You spent the first 35 years of your career as an international performer and recording artist. And then in 1997, you began researching sound and its effect on the behavior of of animals, especially our companion animals, pets. So can you explain the concept behind pet acoustics, which you eventually came up with and how you discovered the potential impact of music on pets? Well, because of that, you know, long life in the music world, which I loved, 
and the you know the thousands of people that I performed for and enjoyed so much that circle of you know giving music and communicating this uh, special level of messaging to other humans in acoustic environments was all the basis of how I transpose that concept to dogs, cats, horses, and birds. And I picked those four instruments, uh, four, four instruments. I picked those four animals because those are the ones that we live the most intimately with. Those mm-hmm. are our companion animals. Mm-hmm. And so in 1994, my cat, Osborne, who was my first pet because I lived in New York City and didn't have pets at home mm-hmm. either. So as uh, soon as I became an adult, I had as many as I could. Um, but he he got injured in our woods and we we rushed him to the to the ICU and I sang to him. I went to sing to him, but I could see his eyes blinking slowly and how much he appreciated me just being there while he was not doing well and because that had been such a soothing for him all his life while I mm-hmm. practiced. When he passed, um I had no intention of going into researching music for animals. I was still touring and recording and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was taken with his little spirit and how much, you know, my dogs and cats came to my side while I practiced the guitar and sang and how they immediately released their their muscle tension and, and were completely soothed. Mm. And so I had these burning questions. Well, what is it about sound? What is it about music? Of course, I know the power of music, but I didn't know the power of music for animals. And also, you know, how do they hear? What's their, what's, is it the same as humans? So all of these questions. So I wrote to universities around the world and had them mail, that's how long ago it was, their research studies. And I started piecing together kind of consciously and unconsciously um, what it is about animal hearing and how do we just throw on Mozart, which is always seems to be the magic magical composer for everything <laughs> in our planet but 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 not true that classical music has a broad spectrum of dynamics and frequencies especially recordings mm-hmm. um and is that good for animal hearing well lo and behold i discovered that dogs hear twice as much as humans also, and when you say twice as much, is that referring to frequency, decibels? Yes, both frequency, okay. frequencies and decibels. Okay. So our top range is 20,000 hertz. If we hear at 20,000 hertz, you're already a superhuman. Um, you know, we're lucky if we can get to 11, 12, okay. uh, 12,000 hertz. And then learned that um, dogs hear up to 45,000 hertz. They also hear lower than we do in terms of frequencies. Uh, Cats, oh my God, they are completely off the charts. They can hear up to 85,000 hertz as as opposed to our meager 20,000 hertz. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, And horses also hear more than we do. They hear a third more than we do and lower. So if you think of that kind of as a chart, um, so you have kind of humans at one point, then you have horses, then dogs, then cats. That whole upper register of high frequencies is what triggers survival behavior in the wild. 
And is that sort of that fight or flight? That's the fight or flight hypervigilant behavior that um, triggers animal behavior, as well as subsonic sounds as well. So, you know, thus the thunderstorm fears that a lot of animals have. Yeah. Um, And so I thought, well, okay, so, and now is it just any instrument? Is it, you know, everybody always throws these things at me when I'm Mm -hmm. in, you know, uh, different conversations. Oh, my dog loves Metallica. My dog loves jazz. My dog loves reggae. You know, (laughs) I'm I'm happy anything to help an animal find stress release because the key to that whole concept is health. And so if a dog is feeling stressed, excessive stress eventually leads to illness, just like as it does in humans, Um, except they're more sensitive and they hear more and they feel more. So I hope by the end of this program, your audience appreciates the fact that there's these kind of logical understandings of the animals that we live with and care for and that they their consciousness about how to observe them becomes a little more heightened and therefore will provide better environments for their pets. So that's the general goal. Well, I saw this term psychoacoustics, mm-hmm. and it was defined as the perception of sound and the physiological response to sound, mm-hmm. and that it's one of the most overlooked triggers of animal behavior, which I thought was really fascinating. And it makes sense when you think about lightning and thunder, you know, automatically you think about dogs, at least I do, our dog would always run to the bathtub whenever there was a thunderstorm. So she must have felt safe in that bathtub. Um, It's also interesting to me that you have those four different species that you really focus on dogs, horses, birds and cats, since those are the most common companion animals. Yes, I'm guessing that these different species have different types of music, different frequencies, different decibel levels that are calming to them. Is that right? Yeah, so every so the approach is different. Uh, so ju- I just want to tie up a loose end in my conversation. So after I had gotten all those research studies, it occurred to me that I needed to approach each species differently in terms of what instruments I choose. You know, what is it that an, you know a dog and a cat would like as opposed to a horse. Uh, and also what is different about a bird. So they're all different. That's why I invented species-specific music. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a dog um, a dog and a cat, they prefer, uh, now this is observational and also biometrically proven, they prefer long, sustained phrases. And mm-hmm. I always like to use this image. It's like putting, you know, just thinking you're drifting in a canoe down a gentle river, and it's just going on in this very consistent way. And that's what they like. Dogs and cats like consistency in their environment. They do not like shots of volume. Uh, If you've ever dropped a pot in a kitchen, and you've Mm. seen your cat completely, (laughs) you know, like like a Disney cartoon, you know, spread its legs out and and hightail it out of there. Um, uh, And that's what they prefer. So, when I compose for dogs and cats, since cats hear higher frequencies and so the comfort range is a little bit higher, I actually have a, I compose in a higher register, but still maintaining these long sustained phrases. And it's amazing to see when one puts on uh, the pet acoustics music, how they immediately release 
muscle tension, just like they did all those years ago when I started playing live for my pets. And this is really where animals thrive. They need that sense of relaxation for health to release muscle tension, to lower their pulse rate, to have a higher HRV, which is the heart rate variability, which is a sign of health and less stress. And we've also determined cortisol levels because the cortisol hormone is the stress hormone. And if it's low, then they're not stressed. And so all of these things have been scientifically proven. Horses are rhythmic creatures. So they walk in two, four, three, four, and four, four time. And so they prefer short melodies, very rhythmic music, and the music that I compose for them fits it within their comfort frequency and decibel range. Mm -hmm. um, birds, the determination of bird hearing has not been conclusive. So I never say that I'm addressing their uh, hearing range, but many people who buy birds or adopt birds, um, have them for a very long time, and they're very emotional, and they're very dependent on their, on their people. Um, but very often, they're left without communication during the day for eight hours. They're in a cage in a kitchen somewhere, and there's no call and response, and there's no other, there's no nature sounds. So in my music, I put in calming music, but I also put in nature sounds and sounds of other birds that they can speak to because birds are the most musical and the most communicative of all animals. Wow, that's really fascinating to hear just that little summary of each of those four species and what seems to really resonate with them and calm them. I read that with horses in particular, they're especially susceptible to stress and it can cause really expensive gastrointestinal problems, ulcers. In fact, I saw 90% of racetrack tra race horses have ulcers and 75 to 80% of performance horses do too, which I found really fascinating. My sister is an equestrian trainer. And so anything about related to horses really especially hey. catches my attention. So when I saw that, I thought, wow. And I know she's really intrigued with how music can affect horses and is very interested in, in using music. So I'm really excited to have her listen to this. I well, also, oh, go uh, ahead. Oh, I'd love to interject this because you just hit on a very rich part of my research. Um, so several years ago, I worked with the University of Poland in Lublin, and uh, they did a two-year study of my music for horses with 80 racehorses, dividing them up into two groups, one with the music, one without the music, with Arabian horses, um, which are very hypersensitive and high-strung. Um, anyway, you just kind of think of like, when I think of horses, <laughs> I think of just a very high, strung, sort of jittery personality. <laughs> well, you know, they, they need to, <laughs> they need to run, they need to move. They, they're, you know, they're ready to go, you know? Uh, yeah. They're, they're like the Ferraris yeah, of Ferraris animals, animals compared to, you know, like yeah. the Clydesdale or, yes. you know, like the <laughs> for sure. Well, anyway, the result of the, the study is that the music lowered their cortisol rev levels 
and they were more relaxed, uh, especially prepping for races. And they won more races just by being having this balance. So, so animals now humans need all of this, but (laughs) since we're focusing on animals, animals need balance. That is where their health is. They need activity. They need rest. And that is what they require. Now, do we provide all of that for them? Most of the time. But when it gets off that balance, they usually will, they, something physical will show up. I had a very interesting call a couple of months ago, and this woman had, she, she just started the phone call with, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, how can I help you? And she said, my dog had narcolepsy. Oh, which is that immediate? All of a sudden, they go into sleep mode. Their their sure. brain just stops, and they they fall over. And the dog was was hurting himself because he was just, wherever it was. You know, it was just falling over and banging into furniture, et cetera, et cetera. And she said she tried everything. She, you know, a lot of veterinarians will recommend Prozac to put a dog into a calm state. But what it does is it changes their personality. And she was tired of doing that for her dog. So she just bought the Pet Tunes canine music and started using it every day, 24-7 for her dog. And when the dog felt tired, he just moved into a circle and fell asleep gently into his bed. And she was so grateful that I had changed her dog's ability to to just have a normal life rather than and and it with something as simple and as elegant as music um, modified for canine hearing provided that ability for that dog and she was grateful wow well that is fascinating and that just answered a couple of the questions that i kind of had on the tip of my tongue one was what are some of the sort of like anecdotal experiences that people have had with this music, but then also are there other behaviors that the music affects besides anxiety and stress? And you just gave really great examples that address both of those questions. Um, I, I saw somewhere that over half of cat and dog owners do use some type of calming product, which Mm -hmm. includes medication, special collars, special shirts and other products. Mm -hmm. So obviously this is definitely a real area of need. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, any, any other like success stories that you want to share from pet owners who have used pet acoustics or transformations or improvements or other areas of behavior that are affected by the, the music and the products besides anxiety? Yes. Well, stress is um, the most, is the foremost um, behavioral issue for animals because we are not, they're not living their lives in full instinct, they're living their lives in our world. And so they adjust to us. And uh, if we don't address their need for this balance that I talk about a lot, then issues occur. And then we, you know, we have to bring up the subject of people, those wonderful, wonderful people that I love that adopt dogs from shelters, and they have no idea what the previous upbringing is. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, dogs from shelters, not all of them, but many of them come with issues. And so just like, you know, they're, they're not being nurtured properly, they can be aggressive, um, you know, food aggressive, 
you know, they bark too much because <laughs> I just want to say many dogs that bark too much bark not because they have an issue, but because they're not being responded to and being um, helped to understand their world. Um, mm. And there are a lot of different ways that can be addressed. But calming music is definitely a way, as soon as the dog feels safe, the safety is um, a big part of their behavior, their, their sense of behavior. This is a quick break to tell you about my new favorite energy bar, a bar that has combined two of my favorite things, music and food. Jam Bar is a certified organic whole food bar that was created by Jennifer Maxwell, a food science and nutrition expert, athlete, and musician. Jennifer was also co-creator of the original iconic power bar in the 1980s that launched the entire energy bar industry. Jennifer's love for music inspired the creation of Jam Bar, and you can see that reflected in the music-themed flavors that include musical mango, jam and jazzleberry, chocolate cha-cha, and malt nut melody. One of the things I like best about these bars, besides the great taste, is that they are higher in protein and less sweet than the all-natural bars I found in the past. Each jam bar is packed with 10 grams of protein and is minimally sweetened with only all-natural sweeteners. Jam bars are non-GMO and gluten-free, and two of the four flavors use plant-based protein for a dairy-free option. On top of all that, Jambar donates a whopping 50% of net profits to programs that support the art of music and active living. For a convenient way to eat whole foods on the go while supporting causes that are making the world a better place, join me in reaching for Jambars. Available at Amazon, select retailers, and jambar.com. Links are in the show notes. You know, going back to the psychoacoustics is really important because we hear sounds uh, spatial conceptually. So in other words, our brains can understand that a fire truck that's coming towards us is going to bypass us. And even though it's going to be loud, it's not a danger. And so mm -hmm. we analyze that danger and we analyze sound in instinctively and use our brain power to evaluate not so with animals, because that is their survival. They are just, you know, it's like, think of it like we hear stereo and analyze it. They hear mono and they are fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And so people who have dogs that are aggressive on the street are probably hearing things that they're not hearing that is triggering their aggression. I have a product that <laughs> that is very cool, which is the opposite of calming a dog, which is kind of peppy, hip music with sounds of uh, whistles and cookie jars and crunchy <laughs> sounds and, you know, things that are in their lives that can grab their attention uh -huh. uh, while you're walking with them on the street. And it kind of creates like a little bubble between you and your dog so that you don't have to, so it, the dog doesn't react aggressively towards other dogs. Or if a bicycle goes by, the frequencies of a bicycle spoke is so high that that can cause barking and aggression. So, you know, the world of sound 
is so invisible to us because we have a limitation to our precious animals. Mm -hmm. And they are so amazing that they're responding to sounds that we don't hear. And I think that's another key observation. If your pet has an issue, don't think it's just food or behavioral, but it could be a whole world of sound that you're not experiencing. Well, you just brought up a couple of things during, as you were speaking there, that really, I think are key. And one of them is just how we do process as humans, we process sound so much differently than animals. We, we process that analytically and we can recognize the difference between the drummer and the guitarist and other musicians and vocals. And, you know, we can analyze those things or we can analyze the sound of a first responder, whether it's a police car or a fire truck that's coming by and, and mm-hmm. analyze it and recognize what it, that sound means. Right. And animals instead are just hearing, like you said, more in mono instead of stereo. It's just kind mm-hmm. of this everything combined as one unit and how it hits them in terms of that fight or flight instinct. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really key. And then also what you, you mentioned about our sound world as humans is so much more narrow than what animals are. And so they're hearing so many more things that Mm -hmm. we're not even aware of. And so taking that into consideration is, Mm -hmm. is key also. And I think when you, design tracks for different species, you start with what their range is of decibel level of frequency and kind of start there and make sure that the sounds in each track are in a range that is calming for that species. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So I I have a proprietary process that I go through digitally. And so I, I definitely go into every note and modify it accordingly to each species. So I know the end result is going to put that animal into a state of calm. Now, I've been doing this for 25 years. So I started off with a cassette, bringing it around to every friend and stable (laughs) and veterinarian. And now it's all preloaded on an SD card into a a Bluetooth speaker. And and recently, I progressed the concept to a multi-sensory speaker using light, nature sounds, and the music modified um, for dogs and cats. So uh, dogs see hues of blues, and cats see hues of greens, and that is calming for them. So in a veterinarian uh, setting to have that light and the sounds and nature and all of that just permeating the environment, that really helps the animals tremendously. Wow. So there you're branching into like that full neuroaesthetic experience affecting all the senses. That's really amazing. Can you give us just like a quick overview of some of the different products that you have? Like I know you mentioned the music that and and just sound mix that you have that can be used to almost create a bubble around the animal and it's it's walker it's human walker is that what what does that product look like i mean is it something that the the human oh yeah every and it (laughs) (laughs) like the human and the dog can hear it or like what does that look like Yeah, it's preloaded into a portable Bluetooth speaker that can be clipped onto a leash. And uh, that's enough for the dog to hear because remember, they hear twice as much as we do. So um, the So in that example, is that something that the dog is hearing, but the humans are not hearing? 
the dog and the human are both hearing it at the okay. same time. Yeah. And it's great for the human, gets them going. And so, uh, you know, for people who may jog or walk in a city, it's really great for them and their dog. So we have music, pet tunes, canine, feline, avine, and equine. So uh, they're all preloaded in different colored speakers. And that's the Pet Tunes series. I also have a collar device that's designed for thunderstorms and fireworks for dogs called the Ultra Calmer. I have the Pet Tunes Pro, which just came out this year, which is the multi-sensory speaker with light nature sounds and music for dogs and cats. And then we have a series of SD cards, which are additional music tracks to mix and match because... Uh, humans need variety. Uh, dogs and cats and horses kind of need variety, not so much. But uh, I have uh, music interspersed with just nature sounds that I recorded myself. As a matter of fact, I was trying to record sounds of, of a stream and I was looking all around the internet for something that I liked and I was frustrated. And I, I said, I'll just take my dog for a walk. In the meantime, I just went, I live near woods. So I went into the woods with my dog and sure enough, there were three streams that, had, uh, you know, had occurred because of the rain and it was like, perfect. So, you know, I love that. I love that synchronicity. That's really fun in life. Yeah. So I have, I have canine com SD cards, feline com. So they're all additional. It's the most vast collection of music for animals anywhere. And we, I have to say we are number one. So I'm very proud of my work and uh, will continue as, as long as I can. Wonderful. And I'm just going to point out too, that your scientific studies are peer reviewed and published in veterinary science publications. So this is definitely something that has a lot of science to back it up. Yes. Um, yes. Where is, actually, before I ask that question, tell us a little bit about your books, too, and then I want you to tell us where all of these products and books are available. You've written Zen Dog, which I think is for adults, and then also a kid's book, Dogs and Cats Hear Much, Much More. Oh, yes. I <laughs> yeah, Zen Dog was published by Barnes & Noble, and that was a big kit and uh, sold out. Um, and then uh, the kid's book is... Uh, available online it's free and it's uh it's for children to to learn about exactly what i was talking about for adults mm -hmm. um you know all about sound and where it comes from and vibrations and how it affects a dog and a cat so that they become better they grow up to be great pet parents uh-huh and then i wrote a book that's on amazon called what dogs hear and it's really the first concise book on um, the science of canine hearing and how it affects their behavior with many, many tips on how to help your dog from puppy to senior. Um, and one other thing that this is also free and it's on my website, petacoustics.com is a is the first free home pet hearing test because we really didn't have anything except for jingling keys behind their ears to see if they turned around or you can mm. take your dog to a special veterinarian for $350 and have these sensors put on. That's very complicated. So it's just a series of uh, frequency and you can observe your dog or your cat and um, you get a uh, email printout of the results and you can oh, share wow. that with your veterinarian because we are reactive to our pets instead of preventative. So you have to expect that your senior dog or cat will lose 
some of its hearing, if not all of its hearing. And it just depends on where and when that happens. And so the book talks about that. But the uh, pet hearing test is really, really a cool contribution. Yeah, sounds like it is. One fun fact that caught my attention is one of your books was endorsed by Mary Pope Osborne, who's the author of the Magic Treehouse series. And when I saw her name, I'm like, Oh, my goodness, that takes me back to my kids, you know, elementary years, because they just devoured those books. So it sounds like she's a friend of yours and a big fan. She's a very good friend of mine. And uh, <laughs> when I started doing this years ago, and Mary and I talked, and and Mary is just one. She's one of my heroes. She's just such a great person. And she said, "You know, Janet, you should do something universal." And <laughs> and that's what that was when I was making that transition over from um, humans to animals. And and she's been a great support to me. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds like the best place for listeners to go to learn more and find Pet Acoustic products is the website. Is it petacoustics.com? Petacoustics.com. Yes, lots of information. I write blogs and there's lots of information there. And all our products are available. And somebody asked me, what do you get when people buy from your website? And I say, me. (laughs) So (laughs) if they have any issues or anything or want to just you know, get some advice, I'm available. Wonderful. Well, I will have lots of links in the show notes, as always, for sure to the website, and maybe some specific links to your blog and other pages within your website that we've mentioned, like maybe links to your books and things like that. As you know, I ask all my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda, by sharing a song or story about a moment that music enhanced your life. And I'm thrilled with the little sampler that you provided for us to listen to as the coda. Can you just introduce that and explain to listeners what they're going to hear next? Well, bring your dog or cat over to the program and watch them relax. Even just this small sampler of the Pet Tunes music because animals get it. And I always say that if you follow the heart of an animal, you will find a better world. I love that. And this is the sampler of the canine music. Is that right? It's a sampler of the canine music. And it also relaxes humans as well. So that is a great plus. Yes. Extra bonus there. Love Mm -hmm. it. So here is a sampler of the pet acoustics canine music.
Thanks so much to Janet for joining us today and for enhancing the lives of our furry friends. Even if your pet is not experiencing a significant problem, like the narcolepsy example that Janet gave, I love how Janet points out that all pets can use stress reduction, which leads to overall improved health and well-being, just as it does in humans. Check out Janet's Pet Acoustics playlist on Spotify or wherever you get your music. As always, there are lots of links in the show notes, including links to Pet Acoustics products on Amazon and the Pet Acoustics website. Janet's books, and some great free resources, including Janet's free book for kids, The Hearing Test for Pets, and Janet's blog. In the show notes, you'll find those links and a transcript of this episode, plus a list of related episodes you may enjoy, including an interview with my sister, champion equestrian Betsy Van Dyke, an episode on enhancing your dog's health and behavior with music, and an episode on why birds and insects and whales sing. Today's show notes can be found at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. This is episode 161. If you know of someone who would enjoy this episode, perhaps a pet parent, sitter, or veterinarian, please share it with them. It's easy to share the episode right in your podcast listening app. Just tap the share feature for options to share by text, email, or social media. As always, you can connect with me on email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. I'd love to hear how music enhances your pet's life. Until next time, may your life be enhanced with music.